What up, world? Thanks for listening to the Sac City Podcast. While you're here, do us all a favor and hit that follow button. Then join us every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday for more top-tier NFL content. Welcome to the city. Welcome into another edition of the Sac City Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by your boy, the reigning, the defending, the undisputed, somewhat heavyweight valedictorian of the show, AJ Johnson. Below him, we have my best friend in the whole entire world. He just gets smarter and smarter by the day with every right prediction that he guesses. Last night with the Colorado Avalanche, obviously, he is Aaron, the Mukesiah Mukes. Beside him, below me, we have the smoothest voice in sports casting, good old Dylan Kearns. It is a beautiful June 23rd morning here in the city. Good morning, Sac City is what we like to call it. Episode 45 is about to be underway. We are breaking down the NFC West and their fantasy outlooks that's the rams niners cardinals and seahawks lots of good chatter today aj how you feeling after last night's tough loss so so you could have gone to anybody on the panel no about I could anything not in the world no. and you just you no. just come Never straight at me for the hurt because yep. you're angry stab. that we took stab, care stab, of y'all stab. And yep. now yep. we're being Correct. beaten, you know, it is what Correct. it is. You know, it, look, two in a row, we made it back to the third final cup, you know, Stanley cup, final cup. <laughs> Anyways, it's cool. You know, we'll be back next year. We'll try again. Oh, you already saying it's over. See, that's how shitty lightning fans are. They, they just, they're yeah. just so shitty. Yeah. They're just so shitty, yeah. shitty lightning. Well, fans. But... You know, seeing as how uh, we've looked on the road in Colorado. Hey. I mean, I'm not saying we can't take this one. That's take, a tough three place in a row. take three That's... in a row is going to be very, very hard. And I, I feel like it's very unlikely. Yeah. I would love to be wrong. Please, please <laughs> prove me wrong. I'm all about that. I'm, that's what I'm saying all, all along with like with the Aaron's predictions. I'm like, man, I really think Tampa's just that good, but I'm hoping I'm wrong. And I'm hoping Aaron's right. Cause Aaron did say Colorado, what was it? Six or seven or five or I, I, I said, I said six, I give Tampa another game, but I also thought perhaps it'd be two, two at this point. And then Colorado would win game five. And now I'm thinking more, Colorado in five because it's going to be yep. a hell of a time for them to try to go to Colorado. Colorado's going to be in busy Vinny's work. It's going to be blessed. I said to they, Vinny last yeah. night, man, that the, the first game, which we didn't have any business being in, in the beginning to get back to where we did it, that, that still would have been huge at that, at this point now, like looking back, you can't go back obviously, but yep. what we would give to have gotten that first game in OT that way, like, that would have changed the entire outlook of the of the uh, of the finals here. So, sorry, maybe Braden Point will come back and play one. Maybe that'll help, and we'll get some uh, life back in our system. <laughs> Fun fact: Stanley Cup Final, NBA Finals. Don't tell me why. That's how it is. 
He said final, so I had to correct him. So we move on here. <laughs> Boo this man. Boo this man. All right. Let's move on to our football talk here. We're going to talk about the morning headlines, and we're putting a little fantasy spin on this today. Uh, yesterday, it was reported that the athlete, from the Athletics, Greg Allman, that he wouldn't be surprised if Chris Godwin opens the season on the pup list. That could mean a big-time spot for Russell Gage. AJ, with that news being said of Chris Godwin possibly opening up the season on the pup list, how far does Russell Gage move up on your draft board? I mean, I, I, I'd probably grab him eighth, ninth round. Like, I don't, I don't need. It's good to have that guy knowing he's going to get some work. Uh, and he was, he was pretty, he was pretty decent in Atlanta for us. I, I, I'm happy to have him, but I'm not knocking down the door to go get him <laughs> over anybody else uh, the fact of the matter is six weeks there's still a mike evans there cameron Braith's gonna look to get more work again now that gronk is out that's where it really hurts is the fact that if you're losing godwin for six weeks and now you no longer have gronk it's gonna be not a, there's not as much talent as you were expecting once upon a time uh going into tampa so russell gage is gonna be looking to have a great six first weeks and I mean, I take all the advantages I can as him, but I don't think many other people would be chomping at the bit to get him. So you may be able to grab him a little later than you expect either way. Yeah, his ADP right now has him going in the 10th round, around the 10th, 11th round. Um, Aaron, does that, I know you're a big Russell Gage guy. That was one of your uh, ADP value picks. And obviously, as as we get closer to draft time, these ADPs are going to go up and they're going to go down. And that's just how fantasy football works. Russell Gage is going to be one of those players that's going to see a boost. The more news that comes out, if Chris Godwin is to miss time at the beginning of the season, where would you draft Russell Gage right now, Aaron, his ADP round 10 hearing this news ADP has not been updated for this. So what, where do you, is it still round 10 or is it higher? That's a minus minus. That's a big time minus. It was still muted from the, uh, I, I love Russell Gage. In round 10, like beyond love him. Um, if he's there in round 10, I'm clicking draft every time. Uh, but I actually think going in round 11. And, um, and I'm not joking about that. I think people are, are missing something here with Russell Gage. In a redraft league and Tom Brady. Mike Evans is going to do what Mike Evans does. Chris Godwin's obviously going to probably miss time at the beginning of the season. Um, it's going to take him some time to get back to where he was. And they don't really have a reason to rush him back, right? talking about a team that's very good probably going to be in the playoff hunt they don't want to bring him back too early they have a guy like russell gage who's shown to be pretty uh, effective um, over the past couple seasons with quarterback play that's been less than what tom brady produced so i really really like russell gage here we all know what his skill set does that matches tom brady does work out of the slot over the middle short passing game it's what tom brady likes to do i love russell gage i think he's one of the best deals in this draft for me I would look to take him uh, anywhere between round seven, and round ten. Now, again, seven round round seven is a stretch. Like you're, yeah, you're pushing the envelope to go to round seven. But if you did it, I'm not looking at you like, oh my god, what kind of pick was that? You're stupid. Um, I actually think it's a pick. And let's uh, let's remember too, like well, you mentioned, their ADPs are going to go up, they're going to go down. But like, so you're talking about Chris Godwin being out and Russell Gage being the benefactor of that. As you start mock drafting you're going to get a feel for this anyways. You know, he may have the ADP at 10 right now, but if it comes out and becomes clear, Chris Godwin's going to miss six weeks, maybe that's one of the guys you start looking at 
in your mock drafts to see where people are grabbing him and yeah. what his ADP looks like too. So, I mean, if you, if it still turns out that you can get him around the ninth round, I sometimes, if I really want that guy, I automatically go and grab that extra round ahead, knowing that there's other guys I can target after the round. I would have gotten him in without all the injuries or updates, uh, so to speak. So that's another uh, way to look at it and things to keep in mind as you get into this redraft mock draft season. Yeah. I like Mike Evans. I like Mike Evans oh. here. And here, here's, I mean, I like, I, I, I like the question wasn't too. about Mike Evans. I, li- I, I like it was about I like, Russell Gage's ADP. Man. I know. I don't. I don't. I like. I don't like. I don't think it makes sense. I, like, I don't like. I don't like Russell Gage. I like Mike Evans. That was my point. And the reason being is I like Mike Evans for three weeks. Let him showcase his touchdowns. Use him as trade bait. Saying, "Look, no Gronk. He's getting the scores. Trade him off." You know, I like winning. The, I would like to win the lotto and not just off of scratch. Five dollars <laughs> off a of scratch off. Like Taylor, that's what I would. What, that's what, what does I would that like. have to do with anything that was asked? Mike Evans is what a I'm top saying, receiver. I don't like. I don't, listen, I don't mind Russell Gage. Mike Evans is a top receiver so that, every week. So that's so what, what you're saying here. About this? No, no, no that, so that's what you're saying here is the fact that you don't yes. like Russell Gage. It's not about Mike Evans. I don't like Russell Gage. You could have left that off Mike the list Evans. here. That's what so, I said. But, I said I don't like Russell Gage. Right, I said so, that. Uh, so how about this? And tell us, instead of telling us you like Mike Evans, instead of telling us you like Mike Evans, can you tell me why you don't like Russell Gage? Thank you. I don't like Russell Gage because he's in a brand new spot right here with Tom Brady. He's got to build chemistry. I think that's going to take a little bit of time. Sure, he's got training camp. Sure, he's got OTAs, whatever he's got to go through. There's still some other weapons on this team that I think could potentially have impacts in that Steel wide receiver. That's what, this is what I was waiting for. This is exactly what I was waiting for. So you take Chris Godwin, who's well over 100 targets. You take Rob Gronkowski, mm-hmm. which is a, a number of targets a year, and you get rid of them. Tom Brady, yeah. they throw the ball a ton. Tom Brady led the yep. league in passing. Where do those targets go? Cam Brate, OJ Howard will get some. OJ Howard's not on the team anymore. He's not even on the team anymore. Cam Brate, I, I seriously think that they could allocate the passes everywhere. I mean, you've seen, him, you've seen him doing it. Cam Brate? Freaking Scotty Miller. I mean, there's still guys on the team that can make plays. So, Tyron Johnson. So this, is, this, is, this, is where, this is where you lose. They didn't pay any of those guys. They paid Russell Gates. They're there. They paid Russell Gage. This, this is the classic case of you're looking for something because you don't want it to be Russell Gage. And I'm not saying you have anything personal against him, but it's too obvious to say it's Russell Gage. They paid the man. Why would they not use him? He's going to be on the field, yes or no? It, it, is it fair to say Russell Gage will be on the field? He will, he will be it, on the field. Is it fair field. to say that Russell Gage has shown to be better than Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, Cyril Grayson. Is that fair to say? It is. So they played with Tom Brady. No. Okay. So, if, so is this just about the chemistry yep. with Tom Brady not being there yet? And you're I assuming also, that it doesn't I, get to where you think it's going to be? I, I guess that's <laughs> some of it. But then again, it's it's once Godwin comes back, he's he's worthless. Really? So so I, this <laughs> this is so asinine. Tampa Bay is what? he's got September to build chemistry. Then Tampa Bay is not is not able to three wide receivers is that what you're saying because they did it with antonio brown because no, they Godwin did it last Kevin. year yeah they did so that last are they year. capable of doing it so what is, a bad so what is chris time. godwin coming back have to do with that i don't think that russell gage is one that can do that so this is more about a talent thing with russell gage than anything yes then th- that's yes. that's where we're getting at here. Talent, so, to be fair to be thing. fair russell gage is drafting drafting what wide receiver 47 48 yes 
Russell Wide Gage in Atlanta. 49. In Atlanta. And I'm sorry, AJ, a shit burger of a franchise right now. He finished the last two years better than that with an inferior quarterback play, with not as many weapons on the outside to take looks away from him because he was without a Julio Jones, without a Calvin Ridley. So he was the focal point of the passing game, and he was still able to produce wide receiver four value. Now you're telling me he goes to a better situation, better team, a better quarterback, better offense, better line, better run game, and he's going to be worse. Mm-hmm. I, I, there was I, well, let's, any let's, quarterback that I would want to come into that I hadn't played with and would like to gain chemistry with and think it'll be easier, it's probably Tom Brady. Yeah. Not to mention, go look at it. Tom Brady's the one who advocated for Russell Gage to be there. And I'm sorry, gonna, there's not a signing that goes on in Tampa Bay that Tom Brady doesn't fight for. So if Tom Brady wanted him, Tom Brady's seen something in him or they've had some sort of communication off the field. I'm going to put a pin in this just because we are going to have an NFC South show where we break down the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If you want to listen to that, and if you want to watch that happen, just tune in because we're going to talk about it. You're not going to want to miss it. It's just must see TV because Dylan yeah, over here. It's just what we need to do. Producers do. They, yes, they it's just what we need to do. We're at start an argument and then say, oh, I no, wanted, we move on, guys. I wanted to talk about Brees Hall and the and the reports that were coming out of camp there, but we're not going to because yeah. of time. We're going to now move on Brees. into oh. our getting into position for the <laughs> a- NFC West, the Rams, Niners, Cardinals, and Seahawks here. If you missed our show on Tuesday morning, well, one, go back and listen to it and watch it. Uh, and two, This is now the time of the show where we get into the position breakdown of these divisions and discuss how we rank them, how it shakes up, how it shapes up with who's high, who's low. Dylan, you killed it yesterday with the running back talk of Kareem Hunt, J.K. Dobbins. Great conversation on that. I'm going to go to you first here again with the running backs in the NFC West. How would you rank them? How would I rank the NFC West? You know, my boy, Rashad Penny. No, he's not. Uh, yeah. Not so right it's, yeah. I, I wanted to see Aaron's face. I got a, I got a out of him. So I, I'll take I'll count that as a win. Um, you got everybody in the San Francisco backfield. Um, you got everybody in the Seahawks backfield. Yeah. So what's your ranking you here, buddy? Cam what's Akers. your, what's your ranking here? So you got Rashad Penny, Cam Akers, no, Daryl no, Henderson, no, no. Uh, okay. James Connor. Yeah, because I'm trying to get you to rank them instead of going down the list. I'm trying to go through this much well, faster. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, Vincent, and I got it right here, and I'm going to go, ooh, ooh, this is ugly. This is sick. Give me Cam Akers. Give me James Conner, Daryl Henderson, Rashad Penny. Wow. No. You are. Yeah, Rashad. Uh, you are. Vinny. Elijah Mitchell, Rashad Penny. This, this fool put Daryl Henderson ahead of Elijah Mitchell. You realize yes. Daryl Henderson's a backup, right? Yes. You do we realize Daryl Henderson has never had a great season, right? I meant talent alone. We're, we're talking. We're talking fantasy football, Dylan. Got you. <laughs> I'm going Cam Akers, James Connor. <laughs> you know, if it, remember, hold on, time out here, time out. Remember, AJ, AJ, remember before the show, 
I go up to Dylan and I'm like, have you looked at the doc? And he's like, yeah, I looked at it earlier this afternoon. This is why you look at the doc and actually think <laughs> about the doc during the day. So he you said, don't he come said on at the 2 air. And I looked at you, it at you don't come on the air and sound like an absolute jackass of saying, okay, <laughs> I've got Cam Akers, Daryl <laughs> Henderson, the backup over Elijah Mitchell. You don't sound ridiculous. And I wanted to go to you because I thought you'd hit me again with a good take like you did yesterday. And you did not. AJ, please give me your top running backs in the NFC West in terms of fantasy. Do you want me to go over them again? Or it's cool. It's cool. I actually, um, while I may not have given myself supporting reasons, I did rank before that I have in the NFC West. I didn't include any backups, you know, because it's fantasy. So I figured we would just think about the starters in this case here. Uh, I went Cam Akers. Then I went Elijah Mitchell. Then I went James Conner, despite the year he had last year. And then I went Rashad Penny. Granted, Rashad Penny came on very strong late in the season. I mean, he was spelling for an injured Chris Carson, who we are now hearing will probably not be a factor. So this is the really the first full season we may even see out of Rashad Penny. And even still, he had a couple injury issues. James Conner had a fantastic season, a lot of red zone touchdowns. Um, but uh, with uh, with the lo- loss of uh, Chase Edmonds, we know Aaron likes Eno Benjamin. <laughs> I think I think that you need a little extra uh, time to put them both together and watch if James Conner is going to lose touches to what an Eno Benjamin can do because he showed flashes. Elijah Mitchell had a breakout rookie season, but Cam Akers one is my guy. Go Florida State, and two the 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 not the love. I'm sorry, but uh, the veracity he showed in getting back last season, coming back from injury and almost record-breaking time in my opinion and then being pretty usable throughout the playoffs i think you're going to see that continue into this upcoming season i don't know that daryl henderson is really going to be taking as much run away from them despite the fact that they really love to uh rbc but i think cam makers is going to have a, a an otherworldly type of season so adp right now and this is why i really wanted to talk about the running back position within the nfc west there is the obvious player that we we loved in the draft process and it's Kenneth Walker or now what fan the whole fantasy world is now just referring to as Ken Walker I think that's what he likes to be pronounced as now um Ken Walker's ADP right now in, in terms of this NFC West he's going right he's going a few picks behind Rashad Penny he's going ahead of uh Daryl Henderson he's going ahead of Chris Carson who we don't know how he's going to go um he's going he's going ahead of these guys and I personally think that I would have Pen- I would have Ken Walker over Rashad Penny at, at the season's end. It's going to end up being Ken Walker being the number one running back in Seattle. And I would rank him higher than Rashad Penny because I've seen what he did in college. And I obviously know it's different college to NFL, but this kid is talented. He's very special. They have a high investment on him. I think he's going to get in sooner rather than later and become a very an impactful running back on a team where you have Drew Locke as your quarterback. And we're going to talk about DK Metcalf and the wide receivers in a little bit. But I think that Ken Walker ends up becoming a bigger point of this focal point of this offense than we think maybe right now. Womp, womp, way to steal my time. This is oh, what you're supposed to host. You throw it to Dylan, you throw it to AJ, and then right when you're getting ready to throw it to me, and I'm going to come in there and kill it, take all my thunder. Uh, you're absolutely right. To be honest, you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. The, the ranking order, just to kind of get back to it, um, I disagree with the two guys. I actually think James Conner is number one. Um, I think oh. I've seen enough from last year in that offense and the way they want to use him in that offense to say he's number one. 
Cam Akers is, has been inefficient. Um, I, I know he's coming back from the injury, so it was tough, but he was inefficient, inefficient when he came back. I think he'll have a good year. I think that'll be close. But I th- I've seen James Conner have top five upside potential. We haven't seen that from Cam Akers. So um, I'll stick with James Conner, number one. I think it's a little bit safer there. <laughs> Cam Akers, number two. Elijah Mitchell, number three. And my number four is Ken Walker. And yeah. you, you said everything, uh, but I'm going to bring up a point. If I hear one more person talk about Rashad Penny, like he didn't just have a few and good games last year. We're talking about Rashad Penny like he still didn't finish as the running back 41 last year. We're talking about <laughs> Rashad Penny like he hasn't missed six games last year, 13 games the year before that, six games the year before that. The man's been hurt every year. And lo and behold, he's okay to draft, but heaven forbid you draft Dalvin Cook who missed two games a year. Like, heaven forbid you make that that selection. It, it's stupid. It's asinine. Um, Rashad Penny showed flashes. I'm not saying he can't be good. But showed flashes. He was a monster the last five weeks of the year. Great. Five weeks of the year. It does no good if you're only playing five weeks out of the year. That's the problem. If it's the last five weeks going into the next season, it doesn't matter if he shows flashes. If he has a great October game, no one cares. Dylan, if he Dylan. finishes the year as the best Dylan. rusher, in terms of rushing yards over the last five weeks of the year, you're, that shows it. You're missing the point. We're, you're now talking to people in Doom that are have to go into this draft and say, where am I drafting Rashad Penny? How do you trust drafting Rashad Penny over guys that have been healthy, over guys that have consistently done it, not guys that, mind you, this last five weeks of the season, you talk about how great he was. He had a he had some good games. He also had a six point game. Fantastic. No, no, no. He also had a six point game in there. He had a seven point game in there. He just the last two weeks. uh, Let me be even more clear about fantasy playoff week. He went the first week of the playoffs. He had six points. Six. Not my playoffs. Six points, which means somebody got booted out because of that. The next week he had nineteen, and then he had thirty two. You're talking about week 18, which nobody plays in fantasy, where he had 25. Other than that, he was regular and, and pedestrian, to say the least. So to tell We're me, not talking about – finish your statement. To, to say that you're going to go into June, July, and August, when you're going to have to draft and make that selection, I don't know how you trust it based on four or five games at the end of last year. That's still – I don't see the, – the way he finished the year last year was great. That's what I'm looking at when I'm looking at Rashad Penny. He got the starting role. Yes, health is a big factor with him. That's the one thing holding him back. But the guy's a beast. You can't deny it. When he's healthy, the dude is a great running back. He is. Just look at his life. You could mention week 18 fantasy, nobody plays. I don't care. I don't. The way that he was set up towards the end of last year, he's coming into so this what about year. Those as, weeks? What, yeah. what about those weeks when he ran six carries, nine yards, seven carries, seven yards, two carries, 19 yards? He's a beast, though. 10 carries, 35 yards, he didn't, he didn't 11 carries, work. 39 yards. But he's a beast, though. When he plays, he's a beast. That's he's a, a volume back. No, no, no. You told me yes. when he plays, he's a beast. And I'm listing off games where he he's is. had Go back carries. when he was a volume back in college. You talk about Ken we Walker in college. We are talking about college football, Dylan. We are talking about the NFL. Yeah, we're talking about NFL where been, he was damn good. The man been in the carries for how many years? Year. How many years has Rashad Penny been in the A very long time. A very long time. you're still waiting. You're still waiting. Yeah. And I saw it last oh year because he's a he's when he gets the work. Let me let me drop this. Let me drop a stat in here because again, research hard to do. Uh, and this is to defend Dylan here and really to see what your thoughts are on this stat here to the 
because there are going to be people obviously that have the same opinion as Dylan, where they like Rashad Penny. And it's not saying that he's a bad running back, but over the last no, 10 did. years, over the last 10 years, Rashad Penny, his uh, highest rush yards per attempt in a season last year was 6.29 ahead of guys like Alvin Kamara in 2017, who had 6.7 or 6.07, Adrian Peterson, 6.03 in 2012. Like what he did last year. That's such a terrible stat, Vinny. That that is a terrible stat. Hold on, hold on. No, let me think. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet, okay? I'm not done yet. Over a guy that played four games, that had four games. He had three games where he went 135, 170, and 190. You're picking out three or four games. The guys you're comparing them to play yeah, 16 numbers. games in a season. It, so it's when you put them a, over Alvin Kamara and Adrian Peterson, that the volume is not it, there. So to say that is just asinine. You can't do that. That's that. I'm, I'm, but that, that that shows how dominant he was towards the end oh of last God. year. It shows how dominant he was for a four-game stretch. You average that yes, over 17 that games. Into this year. Average that over, over 17 games. It's not as impressive as an Alvin Kamara who's doing it over 16, 17 games. Or an Adrian Peterson. So when you say he's over guys like that, you're really skewing the numbers because it was only four games. Four. From, from in his from whole week, career. That ended the year and he rounded it up to this. From year. week 10 on last season in half point PPR, Rashad Penny was the RB8 last year. Oh my year. god. I'm not I'm not arguing. Mm-hmm. I am on your side. I do not believe in Rashad Penny. I'm the man just didn't even putting... play in week 10. He didn't play in week 12. He had two carries yeah, in week 11. He had 10 in week 13 yep. for 35 yards. We are talking about three games to end the season. That's it. And now we're all I, of a sudden all I on think, the Rashad Penny train. And I think I, because of how we finished. I am not but, on the Rashad Penny hype train or train or whatever. I don't, type I don't of train mean those. you by saying, oh, I meant like, like Dylan's all but, aboard that train. But I do know that there are people in the fantasy community that are, that do like Rashad Penny. So we are here to either nix that or in Dylan's case, defend that here. I personally think when you even like, you can throw all the stats aside and talk about what, talk about whatever you want, but where do they draft Ken Walker? That that's a, that's a high investment in him. And if they believe I'm thinking that to me, when you look at Rashad Penny season, Dylan, you're right. He did finish strong. He had a good finish to the last the contract, season, but they gave him a one year deal. <laughs> but if you think it's a long it's time you, into a career ending, why, it'll be no, more than likely. If you think because they're losing the other investments, you got to go in with something. If you think about this, though, they he finished the year strong and they still went out and invested a high pick in Ken Walker on a team that has a lot of holes. They're they're almost entering that rebuild mode. But they invested highly in Ken Walker. The like of Rashad Penny, like you're saying, people like him in the fantasy community. He's going RB thirty two. He's going after backup Beautiful. in Devin Singletary, Tony Pollard. Uh, he's right next to Michael That's Carter, who's splitting carries. Kareem Hunt. Like he's not that going like funny. people are not buying into this Rashad Penny hype. He's going as an RB four. He should go as an RB four. Like I don't, I don't think there's any anything wrong with his ADP. I think us talking about the fact that he had a great three games and trying to sell him for more than what he is, is, is actually just a false narrative. The people in the fantasy community so far have spoke because his ADP is RB4. So the only one that really likes him is Dylan Kern. And we all know how Dylan Kern's finished fantasy football. <laughs> I love me some Rashad Payne. All right. 
let's yeah. penny given Sunday. Let's baby. move on now. Uh, we're gonna get into our we're gonna get into the full division previews here and the full division NFC West uh, fantasy outlooks. AJ, we're halfway through the show Ooh. now. It would probably be a really good time to tell the beautiful people at home where they can follow us at. Well, if you're still with us, ladies and gentlemen, good morning, Sac City. We apologize for hearing Dylan talk for 15 straight minutes about Rashad Penny. But if you want to hear more of it, because we promise you he will continue to do it, hit us up at Sac City Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. And, you know, I think I missed one. But even if I did, once you get to one, you're going to get to the other ones. And you're going to hit the subscribe button there. Then you're going to follow to the next one. We should get a link tree, guys. We should put our link tree together so everyone can just go right down the link tree and hit well, that, that subscribe and follow. Ooh, we'll, we're going to learn, Gito. We're going to learn, Gito. On we'll, every we'll single platform at Sac City Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Your boys are back in town every single morning. Hit us up Wednesday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Hashtag GMSC. That was beautiful. What a beautiful read. All right. Good morning, Sac City. We're now moving on to the NFC West <laughs> breakdowns, fantasy outlook, starting with the Los Angeles Rams, the defending Super Bowl champions. Uh, Aaron, I know you just got a whole lot of talking done with this Rashad Penny talk, but I'm going with you first here to continue talking about running backs. And we mentioned Cam Akers. We mentioned Daryl Henderson. And you brought up, Daryl Henderson's performance when he did return last season, there was some inconsistencies. How should people feel about drafting cam makers or maybe drafting Daryl Henderson or how much value comes from the, this running back position in Los Angeles? Uh, I, I think it's tough. I think it's one of the tougher backfields to kind of navigate just because of the history of Sean McVay kind of going with the hot hand. Um, not saying that I don't think Cam Akers is a guy because I've seen Daryl Henderson. We've seen him be up and down and up and down, and he's had his moments, but I think Cam Akers is the more sustainable running back, and I think he will be in that offense. He's got power. He's got speed. He has the playmaking ability, and he can catch out of the backfield too. Um, I do think they're going to use both of them, and I think it's a matter of just when and how many touches they, that he actually gets. I still think this Rams football team wants to rely heavily on the run, and I think that's going to be a benefit to Cam Akers. I think he's going to be their goal line guy. So I think he'll be productive. He's the year coming back from the Achilles. Um, he should be better there. I still would weigh it out probably 60, 40 Cam Akers. Uh, but he'll lose some touches to Daryl Henderson. And there'll be times where Daryl Henderson will break off for 20 yards, break off for 15. And next thing you know, Daryl Henderson's the one with 14 carries in that game just because of what Sean McVay likes to do. But over the course of the season, I think it'll weigh itself out. I think Cam Akers becomes the lead guy and uh, you can feel pretty comfortable with running with a guy like that as your RB. What, what do you have to say to the people that bring up what he did in the playoffs last season? Cause if you look at his numbers uh, through last postseason, it was slightly disappointing. zero touchdowns average 3.48 yards per attempt, only 17 attempts per, I mean, it really was inconsistent when Daryl or when Cam Akers returned last season in the playoffs and obviously returning from a serious injury, that might be a, a big factor, but how much thought are you putting into what his performance looked like in the playoffs last year? None. I mean, we, we saw that it looked lackluster, but let's be honest. He didn't play one regular season game and then you just throw into the playoffs, which defenses play tighter. It's harder to run. Uh, finding running lanes is not easy. I, I put zero stock in. Flavor. 
Uh, a lot of teams had had trouble running the football. It, to me, it's a clean slate. I look back to two years ago when um, he started to take over that lead job at the end uh, of the season. He started to play better. You could see what they had in him. Um, I, I think it'll be more of that. I don't think Cam Akers is going to ever be a guy under Sean McVay that will be the top seven, eight, nine back that that maybe we think he has the potential to be just because of their offensive system. Um, but again, solid RB2, and I think he's still coming. Yeah, he's being right now drafted as the RB17. Him, James Conner, and Elijah Mitchell all going roughly around the same area. Cam Akers is... Th- is- RB 17, James Conner, RB 16, Elijah Mitchell, RB 22, all around that same area. So it's going to be a kind of a toss up uh, when evaluating these three NFC West running backs. Dylan at the wide receiver position, the Los Angeles Rams brought in Allen Robinson, who we have been known to talk about a lot on this show uh, coming off of a very, very disappointing Disappointing might be generous to say even for what Allen Robinson did last season in Chicago. Do you see a bounce back season for Allen Robinson? And can we trust that when drafting him in fantasy football this year? I think you see a little bit of both. He's not going to be as bad as last year. I mean, 410 yards. Are you freaking bleeping me? Are you bleeping me there? I mean, you look at this guy. He's all over the place on the football field. He's a physical specimen who's a great 50-50 baller. Thank God he gets himself a quarterback, right? I mean, it's Matthew Stafford is going to be just a dream come true for him. I'm sure he's been thinking about having a quarterback for years, going from Bortles to Trubisky to freaking whoever the Bears throw in there, and then you got Fields for a year with a weird offensive scheme, and however you want to go about it, he's, he's, he's feeling pretty good right now. I think fantasy-wise – I mean, this guy is just, he's, he's a solid wide receiver. And I know what's, what's sort of strange here is his touchdown numbers. He only had one last year, um, six the year before, seven the year before that. And then he had four. And it, it, like, he's not a big time touchdown guy. Uh, those aren't insane touchdown numbers. He's not getting like eight, nine, 10 touchdowns a year. You think for a guy of his size of 50 50 ball, he could go up and score more touchdowns. That's not what he's been doing as of late. Maybe a good quarterback helps him out. A good scheme with Sean McVay helps him. I think he does bounce back. I don't think we're seeing those 1,200-yard seasons the big time. He might be somewhere around the 790 to 840 range with maybe five touchdowns, about 60 catches. I I, I love Allen Robinson this year. I love him where he's being drafted. I love, I love Allen I, Robinson I, every I, I am very hopeful. You'd like him in freaking Detroit. Like you said, though, with, with Matthew Stafford now as his quarterback, and you brought up the fact that he's not necessarily the touchdown guy, and that could be what Cooper Cup does, and who knows what Cooper – we talk a lot about Cooper Cup this coming season in fantasy and, and him still being a top-five wide receiver, some say the number-one wide receiver in fantasy. But Allen Robinson, I think, is going to be a big part of this offense, obviously losing Robert Woods. Who knows if Odell Beckham Jr. comes back. You talked earlier when we were talking about the Bucks and the targets that they're that they that they're losing. Allen Robinson is going to come in here and take a lot of these targets from Matthew Stafford, who is the best quarterback he has had in his entire career. I think this is going to be a very uh, this is a bounce back year for Allen Robinson. Right now, he's going as the wide receiver thirty three, going right behind uh, players like Elijah Moore, Adam Thielen, Tyler Lockett. Jerry Judy, who we talked about on uh, maybe we'll talk about him uh, in our AFC West show. I like 
everything about Allen Robinson this year. And I know you talk about me loving him, you do. but it's hard not Doesn't to like what him. it's hard not to like it this year. Right. Is it's it, no, his am, ADP I, am I wrong? Is, his, his ADP is way too low, but I think Dylan hit it right on the head. To be honest, I think that's Dylan's best take today. Um, it, he will have a bounce back here, but I all I do also do not think it's going to be some crazy back to 1200 yards, you know, never been a big touchdown guy, 14 touchdowns or whatever his career high is. Um, I think it'll be kind of a middle of the road, a borderline could maybe crack into the wide receiver two on a good year, uh, but probably closer to a wide receiver three, but that's still better than what he's being drafted. At. So you're probably getting good value on him. Uh, either. Yeah. I, I, I see a low end wide receiver two performance uh, season from him uh, and uh, high with his upside being a high end wide receiver two. I don't see him being a wide receiver one, but I do see a ceiling of, of wide receiver two, high end wide receiver two uh, this season. Let's move on to the San Francisco 49ers. AJ, before you fall asleep over there, I'm going to give you this one here. Uh, San Francisco 49ers. A lot of the talk this off season has been about one Debo Samuel, whether it's the contract, whether it's his usage, whether it's his new quarterback in Trey Lance, what do you see Debo Samuel's season looking like after all of that stuff transpired this offseason? I mean, I think it's going to regress. Um, I mean, he had a great season last year, and I think the word that Aaron enjoyed using was unsustainable. Uh, and he did for much longer than Aaron was allowed or was thinking it would happen. But, I mean, let's be honest, this guy was averaging about 18 yards per reception, I think, 11 yards per target. Uh, and with Trey Lance, even though he's a big play type of quarterback, uh, can make a lot happen down the field. I don't think he's going to be able to sustain that with him again for another season. Now, granted, I still think Debo is still going to be one of the best players in fantasy. Uh, you know, with uh, his usage, I think is going to drop back. I think with using the quote unquote wide back position. Oh, cool. You got the quotes uh, <laughs> using the wide back position last season. They're not going to do so much of that. You know, a lot of that came with the injuries they were feeling and needing to needing to get somebody who was talented in the backfield. And he showed he was able to do that. He's made it very well known. That's not something he wants to continue doing. Running backs get beat up a lot. He wants to play receiver and get that contract. And I don't think you'll have to, you know, uh, they went and drafted another running back for him. Elijah Mitchell should be back to full health and what he showed he can do last season will carry on this year and Debo can go back to being a receiver and use in the backfield sparingly just to give other looks to defenses. So he's still going to be a great receiver, uh, but I definitely think you should expect him to drop a, a, a ranking or two when it, when the season's over and said and done. You know what I think is funny? Uh, I, I just looked, this, <laughs> I just looked this up because I was curious because we, we talked, you talked about like the amount of touches that Debo Sam. So I was like, you know what? I, I, I don't recall actually how many carries he really got. And then I went back and I looked at his game log and I looked back and I'm like, hey, he had 59 carries. 59. It's, I get for a wide receiver, that's a lot. But it wasn't like some overly absurd amount of number of carries that he got. He didn't get Cordero Patterson style yeah. carries last year. And yeah. then there's this talk all offseason that maybe he's not happy with his, his role. And I don't know if it's that anymore like I, i'm starting to doubt that it was like oh i don't want to play running back um i think it was more like hey i don't want to play running back and just get paid like a wide you know uh a, maybe a bottom half of the top five wide receivers like if i'm gonna play running back now i should be top five of the wide receiver plus a little bit more of an incentive right maybe that puts me into the top two or three wide receivers 
maybe the number one overall. I think that's what it's more about. Because when you're looking at his touches on the offensive side of the football, like they ran him when they needed him. And it wasn't like he was getting ran into the ground. So um, I do think there's a little bit of a drop-off in, in the amount of usage because I do think Elijah Mitchell takes another step. Uh, they drafted another running back. And I think their style of offense also changed. We haven't mentioned the, the, the incorporation of a Trey Lance, how that's going to affect their passing game, but more so how it's going to affect the running game. They're going to run a lot more RPOs. Uh, he's going to have the ball in his hands for more. He's going to get some of those carries that maybe Debo had. Um, so I think his touches will drop a little bit, but uh, he'll be good if he can stay healthy. That's all I can say. Because last year he did, every other year he did. So um, I like to see it a little bit more before I believe that he can be a top five fantasy asset. Do you like that that ADP that he has going right now, going in the second round? I probably will never own Debo Samuel. I'm on and, that. And again, it, it's just, uh, I I think the way he plays, it's very much similar to the reason why I've never really seen George Kittle in a lot of leagues. Their style of play is so hard. Like they play every snap and they're taking hits. They look for contact that I just fear it too much. There's certain guys that do that, that and then they have a, a problem staying healthy. He's just one of those guys for me. The potential's there. Not knocking anybody that drafts him high. For me, he'll probably never be on my. Real quick, before I go to Dylan on the on the running backs in San Francisco, Aaron, you have been known on this show to talk about the rookie running back that they have, Davis Price, out of LSU. Um, are you are you taking a late round flyer on him? Is he like a one of the like a late round flyer type of guy? Uh, depending on the depending on the situation, in rookie draft, I took him a lot as a late round flyer because I you know running back running have been in flux in, in San Francisco. And I do think that he fits the read option style, one cut downhill um, that they're going to be using with Trey Lance. And Elijah Mitchell got banged up a little bit last year. So I like that. I don't know if I'm drafting him in a draft league. Okay. Um, depending on how, how deep your roster are, you're probably not going to have to. Uh, yeah. He's not that one of the handcuffs people are probably thinking. Probably don't. That's fair. That's fair. Dylan, you have been, we've talked on the show before about Elijah Mitchell and the carries that. Uh, that San Francisco and a Kyle Shanahan offense looks like for him. How uh, should we be concerned uh, in, in Elijah Mitchell falling victim to the Kyle Shanahan history of carries? Yep. Yep. I mean, you look at that, the backfield is so Aaron mentioned about the wide receiver. That's why I don't know where George Kittle, they look for contact, whatever. I don't, I don't like owning any San Francisco 49er. Ayuk screwed you. Um, no matter who you own, they tend to kind of screw you. I mean, they, they <laughs> tend to go to different running backs constantly. Um, you draft Mostert, he goes down. You get Jeff Wilson. He's going to be that guy. Psych, Trey Sermon's a rookie. He's going to have upside when Mostert gets hurt. Well, he's going to be inactive. Um, I don't get it. I don't get it. I was never on board with Elijah Mitchell, but he was good last year. He was good. I'm not going to discredit that. The guy was a beast. But we just saw it on the graphic, right? Everybody comes in and then they just they they wet their pants the following year. Or Shanahan just decides, eh, we'll get someone else to crack. Maybe it's Jeff Wilson this year. Maybe they go to the hastiness of Jamichael. Or maybe they continue on to the rookie train and they actually do give rookie touches to someone, unlike Trey Sermon. They give it to Davis Priest, Price, Fisher Price. Um, it, it's wild. I, I don't think that they can repeat it all. Um, so I, I don't want to say I disagree with Dylan because I do think there's a, it's hard to really kind of gauge 
the 49ers running back. Um, every year, somebody different. We talk about Raheem Mostert, guys like that. The only thing I'll say with Elijah Mitchell that really hasn't happened over the course of a, a Shanahan's career is the amount of touches he got when he was on the field. Um, it wasn't like he was getting 12 carries, 14 carries, splitting time. When Elijah Mitchell played, it was 20 carries a game. 19 the first week, 17, 18, 18 27, 27, 22, like 21, 21 to end the season. This wasn't a guy that was getting like running back by committee vibes for me. It was a guy who was actually getting volume. And I think that gives me a little bit incentive to maybe want him on my team. I, I do think if he stays healthy, he is the kind of guy that will see 18 to 20 carries a game just because of the style that the 49ers have. I worry about the injury still. Yeah, I worry about I worry about that team. I don't like anybody on that team. But, but again, it's, it's just about ADP. At the end of the day, we, we have got to stress. It's about value and where you're getting a player. So last year, Elijah Mitchell played, what, he missed, what, six games? Six or seven games, went out early in a couple of games, and he finishes the RB27. So if you're telling me I can get Elijah Mitchell as the RB in the, the third, or not the third or fourth round, but, but at, at that ADP, then I'm going to take him. Like, I, I am going to draft him and, and feel comfortable doing so because he was able to produce at a, at a starter flex level uh, with not playing a full complement of snaps. And I, I like that's something that I'll take. You're getting Elijah Mitchell in the third round, around the middle of the middle of the third round, um, at his current ADP right now, um, ahead of running what? backs like Travis. What? No way you're getting not the third round. Fourth round, sorry, fourth round, fourth round. Math is hard, but you're getting uh, him ahead of. I, I think it's the fifth round. Class of math. Uh, he is going at the 49th pick, and that's by my that that's the that's the fourth round. That's the fifth. 12, 24, 36, 48, 49 would be the beginning of the fifth. Oh, math. Holy shit. This guy's a w- wicked smart. But either way, you're getting him <laughs> ahead of Travis Etienne, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Brees Hall, A.J. Dillon, Miles Sanders. I think that is an okay value right there in terms of running backs. Like, I would I would be okay with having Elijah Mitchell over those running backs. And I think I'd, ha- I'd, I'd contemplate some, but I would be perfectly fine having Elijah Mitchell over those. Uh, let's move on to the Arizona Cardinals here. Uh, AJ, we're going to keep this running back talk going and talk about James. Ah, there you go. I like what you did there. Um, (laughs) We're going with, we're, we're going with James Connor last year. We were terribly wrong about James Connor because we were avoiding him and he ended up becoming a very, very valuable fantasy option this season. He's the guy. There's no chase Edmonds. Aaron's love for, you know, Benjamin is there, but he, James Connor, (laughs) James Connor is the running back one in Arizona. What should we expect from him as the guy in that backfield? So uh, I'm expecting a very close to repeat season with obviously some touchdown regression. I mean, 18 touchdowns last year was great, was fantastic. But as I mentioned earlier in the show, a lot of that came off of uh, goal line scoring, which I imagine they will keep going, but who knows if he can do the exact same thing. What I'm worried about or what I'm what I really need to see how they're going to use him is in the passing game. Uh, they brought Daryl Williams in. who's not like another world passer or anything. Only 47 receptions last year. But when you look at what um, happened with Chase Edmonds out of the lineups from weeks nine to weeks 14 uh, last season, uh, James Conner averaged 26.2 fantasy points a game and 5.5 targets while running routes 
on 61% uh, of his snaps. So I don't know if they liked what they saw from him so much out of the passing game that they plan on using that a little bit more to their advantage. I would imagine that may be what you see in the first six weeks. And if he can keep that up, then it's going to be a bigger problem for defenses. And a lot of people are going to be much happier with James Conner. Let's not forget, you lost Christian Kirk, so there's some targets there. Let's not forget, DeAndre Hawkins is going to be out for six weeks, so there's some targets there. Obviously, Marquise Brown, Hollywood, steps in, and he's going to take some of those targets and take some of that look away from James Conner. But James Conner showed that he can he can be a pass-catching threat when given the, op, uh, when given the uh, opportunity. So I expect James Conner to be a guy that you can get I'd say in the fourth round is probably where you're really looking for him. But I also expect people to reach because of what he did last year, and they're expecting uh, exact repeat performance. But uh, around the fourth round is what I'm looking for for myself, and I think he's going to be a solid RB1. You brought up the touchdowns, and and I, I got this this stat here. The top five players in terms of how much their fantasy points depended on touchdowns 41% or 40 close to 42% of James Conner James Conner's fantasy football points was because of touchdowns second in the league Aaron how much stock do you put in a stat like this in terms of touchdown dependency and there being a big regression and if this is if this is where he regresses he might not be able to return uh to form or even close to that uh yeah I think there's something to be said about touchdown regression uh it's been a big conversation in the fantasy community it's always well you always regress to the mean uh but there are some offenses that just are going to produce touchdowns right uh arizona is a high powered fast-paced offense they're going to produce touchdowns and there are always usually certain guys that are going to get those touchdowns tyler murray james connor they don't have a real big wide receiver right you have guys that can get down the field now but there's no deandre hopkins in that red zone maybe zach Ertz picks up some of that slack uh, maybe you just see a Trey McBride get a couple, but I don't think there actually is going to be very much touchdown regression from, from James Conner. I think he's going to score a ton of touchdowns. I think the regression does come from perhaps the passing game, maybe see him come off the field a little bit on third downs due to a Daryl Williams. Um, unfortunately, I do think Daryl Williams will play over, you know, Benjamin, but um, just because he's a veteran, he knows, you know, he knows the NFL and stuff like that. But I, I don't see much of a regression here from James Conner other than, Maybe his efficiency on the offense because now they don't have the outside threat of a DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and then again, the the maybe the pass catching work a little bit. Not too much. I still think he'll be able to get some work out of the backfield. But if he's healthy, he's going to produce in that offense. And I think he scores another 12, 14, 15 touchdowns That's what I was going to say. And he's going to be an easy, solid RB1 in my opinion. I, I don't mm-hmm. think there's a chance in hell that James Conner is available in the yeah. Right now, I, right I now, going at 13-14 was about my touchdown numbers where I was thinking he's going to drop off. Like, when I, I mean, yeah, I say regression because, yeah, you dropped the numbers, but I, I don't think he's dropping a single digits or anything regarding that he stays healthy. Barring health. This is always, you know, with him, it's right. always barring. Right. And that's so, honestly, that was most people's biggest fear when it comes to James Conner anyways. Yeah. So you you brought up DeAndre Hopkins and how that could have without DeAndre Hopkins for six games, obviously uh, suspended affecting James Conner. Aaron, how much of DeAndre Hopkins not being there for the first six games affects Kyler Murray? Um, I I thought it would be a lot. I I thought it would be a lot. And I'm saying I thought because the more I've thought about it, I don't know that it's going to impact him as much as I originally thought. Sorry. 
Um, we we talked about Kyler Murray, and he got off such a hot start over the over the past couple of seasons. But he's had these games where he's kind of not ran as much, and I think that's been the biggest thing to it, to kind of his detriment as far as the fantasy aspect of it. But when DeAndre Hopkins was out last year, he started running a little bit. When he was healthy, he started to get moving, started to create yards offensively. Um, and then now you add Hollywood Brown, who has that big playmaking ability. And I know Christian Kirk was that guy, but I'm sorry. Hollywood Brown right now is still better than Christian Kirk, in my opinion. Um, he was a first-round pick. He's gotten better every year. Uh, and they have a connection. And so I think that's important. And then DeAndre Hopkins is only going to miss part of the season. So you get D-Hop back the middle of the part of the season. And then you have him and Hollywood Brown on that other side. You add in the tight ends, the James Conner. I think Kyler will be fine. I think he'll manage the beginning part of the season. Maybe he doesn't have the great performances we're used to seeing. But he's a quarterback that can run the football. Dangerous around in the red zone because he can run. And he has a cannon of an arm. He's a stretch down the field type receiver. He'll be fine. Maybe he's not the number one quarterback overall, but he's a starter. He's in your locked in your lineup when you're drafting him at his ADP. You're feeling pretty confident about it. Again, it's just a matter of does he take enough hits to where or not enough hits to where he stays on the field because he's yeah. a littler guy um, and injuries have obviously really. I still I still love that yeah. meme of him with the baby. He's shrunk down and he's got the big ball on his hand. It's great. It's great. Go ahead, Dylan. <laughs> It kind of reminds me of you holding the football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Except I have a noodle arm, and he's actually a professional quarterback and stuff. But uh, <laughs> uh, real, real quick though, and, and this could be for anybody, Dylan. If you want to answer this, because you haven't really talked to enough about the Cardinals, DeAndre Hopkins going around the seventh round right now in drafts, suspended six games. Are you? Are you? Is that tasty? Or is that uh, I'm going to pass if he? Because uh, I I feel like DeAndre Hopkins is going to end up being that player this year that ends up people passing on because he is suspended and you end up getting that value. Like he's seven, he's going in the seventh round right now, but you could see people passing on him and he falls in the ninth and you're like, hell yeah, I'm going to take DeAndre yep. Hopkins. So where are you? Where are you taking DeAndre Hopkins? Are you okay at seven? Or are you waiting for him to fall back more? I'd like him to fall back a little bit more. Depends on my draft. If I'm doing the double double whip double level whip depends on where i'm at the, on the board i don't know if i've ever like done that during pick. my draft but you know it's not a whipping it well, you know what i mean <laughs> you're, if you're picking like in the middle or something and you're like all right yeah if he's here i'll, I'll give him a shot the eight but if, if i'm doing the double double whip i think i'd take him at nine like the ninth round i think that would be pretty cool i i think you, you get a couple you get your starting roster and then you're like all right am i good enough do i have enough durable guys that I feel safe taking a taking a DeAndre Hopkins here. Now, if I got uh, thinking off the top of my head, couple injury prone wide receivers, Jerry and then you're like, "Oh, Hopkins, let's go!" <laughs> you know, that's that's sort of like, uh, you know, it doesn't really sit well. But if the roster looks well, I I have no problem taking DeAndre Hopkins right there. Okay, I'm gonna say I'll pass on D Hop altogether, unless I mean, this unless guy. it just gets stupid and he's there like in the 12th or 13th round. Um, I, I hate him. I don't, and this is not some hot take. I'm not trying to start an argument or anything. I, I think DeAndre Hopkins is on the decline, um, on the backside of his career. Very much like I said with Julio Jones. It's not just the greatness of DeAndre Hopkins that, and, you know, getting hurt. It's just watching him play. They use him differently. He doesn't get off the line of scrimmage the same. Uh, he's not winning matchups one-on-one anymore. He's not creating separation. That makes it harder for players that, that are getting of that age that have played a long time in this league and never miss games. Remember, 
DeAndre Hopkins never missed a game until the last couple of seasons. So I, I, I'm going to be off the DeAndre Hopkins train. And if I get burned because he comes back and he has a great second half, so be it. But I have a feeling it's going to be more regular and average type play than, than greatness that we're used to. I don't, I don't hate that take because I do remember feeling last year like there was just something off with DeAndre Hopkins. But at the same time, not counting last year, the year before, I mean, 1,400 yards, you know? And we just, we've just seen how talented he is. I, it would not shock me, and I don't think it's shocking either, if he came back from his six-game suspension in week seven through 17, 18, he was just the same old DeAndre Hopkins who was a crazy beast who can catch every single ball caught his, uh, thrown his way, a danger in the red zone, toe-tapping in the corner. Uh, you know, like, it's just it, – I, I feel like I would need to see another year with question marks before I could confidently feel that type of fear with uh, DeAndre Hopkins. But like I, I don't fair. hate that thought process it's because I, I turned down a couple of trades for DeAndre Hopkins last year. 30. So I'll I, just say that thirty, scares yeah. thirty yeah. now. Lot, it, it just it's a new age athletes, scares, man. These guys get crazy. Scares me in the NFL <laughs> at the position, those yeah. skill positions when they hit that that age. Too much football, and, and I mean, you're talking about a guy who's been in the league 10, 11 years. It's it's a lot of football. His body's been through a lot. He's played a lot of games. Yeah. I don't know. Last year, last year, last year, he had two, two games with 80 plus yards. He didn't have a 100 yard game last year uh, at all. And then the rest of his games were below 70 yards uh, in terms of the the yardage. And I'm on, but I don't, I don't hate that take at all. Yeah, he he will (laughs) find a way. way He's still, he's still a very talented wide receiver. Anything can happen. Um, But let's move on to our final team here. The Seattle Seahawks. And there's only one thing I want to talk about here. I know we talked about talk about the running backs enough. We we've already went through the Rashad Penny talk. There's only one thing that needs to be discussed when talking about the Seattle Seahawks. And I'm not going to say any more than DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Dylan, what is your, your view, your standpoint, your stance on DK and Tyler Lockett this upcoming season for fantasy? It makes me sick. It makes me sick. It does. Um, it, I, I went hard, hard the last time. You know, I went hard. And I'm ready to go hard again if uh, old Soup Boy down there wants to try it. Um, you, you know, uh, DK Metcalf, I mean, he's a, he's a physical specimen. The guy's got – he's literally everything you want in a wide receiver. Then you got the speed there, Tyler Lockett. They, they don't – it doesn't work. It doesn't and the, the 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 two every other game they tend to have great fantasy weeks and you lose a Russell Wilson. You had that with Russell Wilson where one of them dropped big numbers, the other one was all right. And that's that's I, I love consistency as a fantasy player. You don't get consistency from those guys. You're not getting that 18 a week. You're not getting those those big time numbers that the wide receivers that you're getting in the second and third could be giving you. That's what I feel like is kind of screwing the pooch here with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I don't trust either of them, not because their talent. Their talent is insane. From a fantasy perspective, they lose Russell Wilson. They get Drew Locke, Geno Smith, God forbid. It, I don't like it. If this was an Aaron, you're going to obviously go next to rebuttal here. Um, but if this was that yeah, around the horn know. show, I would give you only one point for what you just said because you said screw the pooch. And that's the only thing. That's the only point you get from that. Aaron, go ahead. 
<laughs> Look, I, I I came back and I I clapped back when Dylan wasn't there. I, I you know he just never shows up when he needs to show up. But the biggest the biggest clap back to that argument is you talk about the inconsistencies and you're just wrong. You can bring that up with Tyler Lockett all day, and we can have that conversation, and I would agree with you. But DK Metcalf, you mentioned, oh well, he always ends up with these single digit games, four points, three points, two points, and then in that same argument, you said, "Do I gotta pull the tape?" Because you compared it, <laughs> you said you'd rather have Hunter Renfro, and then so I was like, you know what? I went back and I said, let's talk about these because you said he was more consistent. Let's go back and I'll, let's look. Last year, DK Metcalf had four games in single digits, four. You know how many Hunter Renfro had? Six. Four. The difference is the games when he didn't have single digits, Hunter Renfro got you 10, 11, 13, 9, or 12. DK Metcalf got you 30, 26, 18, 22. You are so false when you talk about the narrative of that he's inconsistent. Go compare him, and we did this on the show. Compare him to the top receivers in the NFL. And their single-digit game. Where does DK stack up? It's right there. They all have three or four or five games where they're in single digits. You do not get. We're not saying DK Metcalf is the number one overall receiver. He's being drafted in the late third round. That's exactly where he should be drafted. He's your wide receiver too. What is wrong with that? So for you to say stay away, I, I just think it's false. I think the impact at quarterback is going to play a role big time for Tyler Lockett. Talked about the deep ball throwing of a Russell Wilson, his accuracy, the ability to make those big plays. I think you're spot on there. DK Metcalf, on the other hand, he's the guy that's going to win a 50-50 ball. He's a big body that's going to win over the middle. He's a big body that Drew Locke's going to look at when he's scared and just throw it to, and he's going to make that catch. I don't think DK DK Metcalf at his ADP is quarterback. He is is Terry McLaurin. He is... uh, you know, those guys, he 2015, he, he's Deontay Johnson. He's doesn't matter who the quarterback is. DK Metcalf will be a wide receiver too. When it's all said. But he has the upside with great quarterback play of being a, a, a top five receiver in this league. And that's to me, I'll, I'll take that all day long because I know what I'm going to get at the end of the season. That's simple as that. Can I, can I ask if this compares? Don't you get slap me if you want. Drive here this weekend. Slap me. Do whatever you want. Um, if you if you look, twenty sixteen, Allen Robinson was coming off his insane year, right? Opposite receiver. This was just one year base, but bad quarterback play, fifty fifty baller, physical specimen. Allen Robinson. Um, Allen Hearns, on the other hand, had had a thousand yards as well coming off that year. Two solid receivers going into that year. Do you feel that DK Metcalf? is sort of ranked how Allen Robinson was in 16 with quarterback matchup, quarterback proof, if you will. Um, I, I don't know. I think quarterback play is baked into his ADP. I think DK Met, the only reason DK Metcalf is not a, a wide receiver, top 10 wide receivers because of quarterback. Like DK Metcalf, you can never do this because it's what if game. If you give DK Metcalf a quarterback, that is going to get him the football, he is going to be a top wide receiver. Remember, we, we talked about DK Metcalf having a bad year last year. Russell Wilson is the one that didn't play very well last year. People were talking about Russell Wilson not being at his best. He got injured. That DK Metcalf suffered. We saw what DK Metcalf did when Geno Smith came in. He was able to produce with Geno Smith already. He showed he could do that. 
I think this guy is matchup proof. Seattle is going to be behind in a lot of games because they're not a very good football team. Uh, I don't, I am not scared of DK. Matter of fact, I hope everybody is because he will be on many of my teams if he's available in that third round and I can take his, take him as my second wide receiver. Um, I just think it's, it's great value. And I think it's already baked in. You don't need to worry about having stress. Oh no, this quarterback play going to be good enough for me. That's, I don't think it matters. I, I, I'm starting to get more sold on the guy and, and I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, um, you, you know, what are you guys laughing at? That's the two straight mornings. You guys chuckle at me at this hour. You're, you're just, um, you're just great. For this I, show. I, you're a good character. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 you're just really getting my mind in, in shambles right now. I think, I think this dude could put up Randy Moss numbers with a Kirk cousins. Jesus Christ. I'll say this. I'll say this to, to take it away from that like crazy comment. Um, <laughs> is, it, is it crazy to say? Is it crazy to say that DK Metcalf catches eighty balls and has close a thousand yards? Is it crazy? Sounds like his well, norm. Two? Yeah, it sounds Ooh, like a norm. Like, sounds bad. Sounds like his norm. That's a, that's a bad year, right? His last year was a bad year. He had seventy-five catches, nine hundred sixty-seven yards. Yeah, he got the 12 touchdowns, which is big. He's going to be a touchdown threat. And he finished as the wide receiver 14. Are they going to, are they going to get across the 50? <laughs> in, a, in a bad season, a terrible yeah. season at that, he finished as wide receiver 14. I, I'll uh, Easily, easily DK Metcalf is a high-end wide receiver. That scares me. You, you brought up those numbers, and it scares me. That's it scary. does, because the touchdowns, I, don't, I think that regresses to half. Okay, I'll give you say, say I'll give you that. Say he doesn't score as many touchdowns. Maybe he only gets I don't know about half. Maybe he gets seven or eight touchdowns. Nine hundred sixty-seven yards in an offense that's playing from behind. You don't think that's possible to go over a thousand? Yeah, that's big. he only had seventy-five catches. Like I, I just to say they're playing from behind. They're terrible. The world. Their team is terrible. <laughs> Okay, let me end this. Let me end. Let, let me end this on, on on this note. There was a report that came out yesterday from Josina Anderson that the Seattle Seahawks are back in on Baker Mayfield. It seems like everybody's getting back in on Baker Mayfield. Uh, DK Metcalf, wide receiver one with Baker Mayfield. I'd say so. Borderline. Wide receiver. No. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Borderline. Yeah, he doesn't. He... Borderline wide. Hasn't what? Absolutely. I didn't know how to do it with Odell. Didn't know how to do it with Jarvis. That, I mean, there's, uh, first that's of all, just that's a surface statement. There's I so much more to that. First of all, <laughs> DK Metcalf right now in his career is far better than Odell, far better than Jarvis yeah, Landry or yeah. any of them. Odell was coming off knee injuries and he was older. Like he was still electric, but he wasn't DK Metcalf electric. That's and, a different type of question th- right there. Th- this may be some lazy a- analysis here, or however you want to describe it. Baker Mayfield and some of his throws that I've seen him make, I think DK Metcalf could go up and get those throws that Baker Mayfield makes sometimes in an inaccurate passer with the deep ball. He's got, a, he throws a great deep ball. He's strong arm, but with his inaccuracy, I think DK Metcalf could be a perfect type of wide receiver for that to be able to make Baker Mayfield look much better than he really is. Not to say he's a bad quarterback. Do not get on me for that, but 
I think I agree. Baker uh, Baker Mayfield in Seattle, DK Metcalf is a borderline fringe wide receiver one, high end wide say, receiver two. I'm going to just say because I truly believe this. DK Metcalf will finish in the top ten in my opinion. Without Baker? I don't know. Who knows East? Top ten. I truly believe that. Like, I, to me, it's about circumstance. And the circumstances are, I give me all the shares of teams that are playing from behind that have to throw the ball 40 times a game and Let, they get garbage points. I love it all. I'll take let, it all. Let's end the show on this then. Real quick, give me your top 10 wide receivers. I want to see who you leave off for DK Metcalf, who has Jeez. Drew Locke in that. Because, <laughs> well, no, it's I'm, very interesting. I'm going to bring up a list, then. I'm going to bring up a list. That, that's fine. And while you do that, I will bring up the fact that, like, normally, like, Dylan would say something like, and I'm not saying I'm this ready. is an, an insane statement. It's 11.09 in the morning. You're asking I'm, him to do 10? I'm 10, ready. 10 I got list? Yes. Uh, Dustin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, uh, Mike Evans, Deontay Johnson, E.K. Metcalf, Tyreek Hill, and A.J. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Cause Love when you look, I mean, when you look at, when you look at like the top 10 wide receivers that are going in terms of ADP, Cooper cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar, you've named, you named all those. I can see Debo dropping out. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't have CD on there. That's he's close. That's the CD lamb and AJ Brown would be borderline top 10. Yeah. So uh, it, it would be, I could interchange them. Maybe I do like CD a little bit better uh, because of the competition level of a Devontae nope. Smith and Philly and the quarterback. So maybe no Keenan Allen. No Keenan no. Allen. No, okay. no, that's fair. That's all I wow. wanted to know. We'll 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 break down more of your rankings as the season as the fantasy season progresses. This was a very good show. We had a lot of good talking points. I hope everyone enjoyed it. We'll be back again for one more morning show tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern time, right here on YouTube at the Sac City Pod. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media pages at the Sac City Pod. Here you go. Right here. There's the social read. It's good morning, Sac City. We hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. For your boy, AJ Johnson, for the Mukes, I, Aaron Mukes, and for the smoothest voice in sportscast and Dylan Kearns, I am me. We will see you tomorrow. Ciao. Bye. <laughs>that next button that was a great show right you know it i know it so let's help somebody else know it before you listen to our next episode go ahead and write us a review and let everyone know how great it is to be a part of the city sac city home of six star content